some good singing this morning. Amen. Yes. Nobody love you like Jesus. If you don't believe me, when he was on the cross, you was on his mind. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that, does it? Amen. He is worthy of our praise today. I thank God for everything that he's doing. How many came in here today expecting God to do something in your life? Amen. That's what it's about, coming to God's house. How many knows that this world is enough? This world is enough. It's enough to get you stressed. It's enough to get you bothered. It's enough to get you angry. But God is more than enough. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He's more than what this world does. He can bring you peace. He can bring you joy. He can bring you happiness. Amen. That's the God we serve. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me in the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 12, one verse of scripture. I'm going to read this. Uh, I want to preach to you this morning. Just a little while. I'm not going to keep you long. Famous words of a preacher. <laughs> Amen. Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 8. I want to ask you one more time to stand with me for the reading of God's word. One more time. So let's stand, read God's word, and then we'll pray and you can be seated. Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 8. Moreover, the Levites. Someone say Levites. Levites. Yeshua, Benoni, Cadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, Mattanai, which was over the thanksgiving. Someone say thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. He and his brethren. I want to preach to you just a little while this morning on the title of the message, Thanksgiving's Over, Now What? Would you bow your heads? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, you've given us to come together to worship you in this house. Father, right now, I ask you to hide me behind the cross of Calvary for everyone looking will see Jesus high lifted up, drawing all people unto him. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you touch every person here today, Lord. Lord, you know every situation, every circumstance, God. Help us, God, to always have a heart of thanksgiving, God. No matter what we're going through, God, we're always thankful to you, God. Lord, I give you all the glory and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone together says amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thanksgiving is over. Now what? You know, it's amazing to me that we live in a world today that is so commercialized and everything is all about making money that we have today. We, we, how many shops at Walmart? Everybody. Shop online, whatever. You can go to Walmart. And as soon as Christmas is over with, they've got Valentine's things out. As soon as Valentine's is over with, they've got Mother's Day stuff out. Now they skip right over everything in the summer and they jump from Mother's Day to Halloween. And then they jump from Halloween straight into Christmas. To me, one of the most important holidays besides Christmas and Easter is Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Amen. We've got to get back to what Thanksgiving is. We live in a world today where people puts out a commercialized or they put it out uh, on social media that this November 1st, I'm going to give you for the next 30 days, I'm going to give you 30 things 
that I'm thankful for. But I'm here to tell you that we should be thankful in everything that we do. Not just the month of November, but from January 1 to December 31st, we should be thankful that my God loved me in spite of me. Hallelujah. That He knows my comings and my goings. Hallelujah. He, he knows what I'm faced with today, but He also knows what I'm going to go through tomorrow. And I'm thankful that my God said to fear not for 365 days of the year. I should not fear what the enemy is doing, but my God has already made a way for me. Amen. Oh, glory. Thanksgiving is an aspect of praise that gives thanks to God for what He does for us. Ideally, Thanksgiving should spring forth from a grateful heart. But it's required of all believers regardless of our initial attitudes. We should always be thankful. If you don't believe me, just read 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. We should be grateful to God for all things. Ephesians 5 and 20 goes on to say, Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Colossians 3 and 17 says this, and whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him, but especially for His works of salvation yes. and His works of sanctification. Amen. You say, well, Brother Jeremy, what in the world does this scripture that you read have anything to do with being thankful? Well, there's something hidden in this passage of scripture that I want to preach to you this morning. You see, the Levites was descendants of Levi who served as, a, as assistants to the priest in the worship system of the nation of Israel. It goes all the way back to the whenever they came out of uh, Egyptian captivity and they were in the wilderness and God came to them. Moses was leading them and they were led by a fire by night and a cloud by day. Amen. They were led through. They would set up this tabernacle but there was something important here. As a Levite, Aaron and his sons and their descendants were charged with the responsibility of the priesthood. Now, they offered burnt offerings. They went on to lead the people in worship, also into confession. But all the other Levites were, who were not descended directly from Aaron were to serve as the assistants to the one that was the true bloodline straight from Aaron. Now, they took care of the tabernacle. They took care of the temple. They performed other uh, duties that were there. These were the Levites. And the Levites' special service to God began with his consecration at an age of 25 years old. They would come in. First, he was sprinkled with the water of purification. Next, the hair was shaved from his entire body. His clothes were washed. Sacrifice was made of two young bulls, a grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil. After this purification, he was brought before the door of the tabernacle, and he was set apart for service by the laying on of hands of the elders. You say, Brother Jeremy, what in the world does this have to do with today? I'm glad you asked. Because that's what I want to preach to you about. Young Levites began as assistants to the priest and the chief Levites. Then they would progress through the higher duties and offices. They would become doorkeepers and members of the temple orchestra. And they would even become administrators. And in the days before the temple was built, the people worshipped in the tabernacle. And the Levites always transported the tabernacle throughout the wilderness. 
You see, when they had a very important role to fulfill. And they carried the presence of God. That's right. Amen. Amen. There's something about thanksgiving and praise that God said, I would inhabit the praises of my people. Can someone say amen? amen. There's something about going through a, a work week that's been pure hell on earth, but you stop for just a little bit and you raise your hand and say, God, today I'm not going to be someone that's downtrodden. I'm not going to tuck my tail between my legs, but God, I'm going to praise you because you are the very breath that I breathe. You are my God. You're my Savior. Hallelujah. You're the one that's going to get me through this, God. Amen. There's something about praising God. You see, we can go through life and we can always be the person that is always afflicted and we can always be the one that things are happening to and we can always be negative, but God has sent us away, hallelujah, and said that He will do exceedingly abundantly above whatsoever we think or ask through the power that worketh in us. And that power is to look the devil in the eye and say, devil, you don't know who's on my side this morning, hallelujah. His name is Jesus, glory be to God. Now, these Levites would erect and they would care for the tent as they moved from one location to another. And sure, there was people there. The sons of oh, Korah. Korah, he didn't like being the, the, the pack mew. We all know the story. That's another message for another time. But, you know, he came in and, you know, he wanted to challenge them. And he said, oh, look, I'm tired of being a pack mew. It seems like me and my brothers are the only one that's having to pick up all the sticks and bundle everything together. It's time that well, I want to do something better for God. And I believe God's moved me into leadership. What happens? The earth opens up, swallows him. Right? Yeah. Oh, you can get in the book of Psalms and you can find the Psalms that the sons of Korah wrote. How many knows that my God is a reconciling God? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what's going on in your past. It doesn't matter who your daddy was or who your grandfather was. I know that my God said he's no respected person. He can come to you. All you've got to do is cry out to Jesus, and Jesus could save you. Hallelujah. He can fix you right in the middle of the mess that you're in today. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the bank says. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. My God said is greater as he is in you than he is in the world. Hallelujah. You say, well, Brother Jeremy, all this stuff went on in the Old Testament. Yes, but now the job is up to us. Now the job is up to us. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He says, but you are a chosen generation. <laughs> We're chosen. He, said, he didn't stop there. He goes on. He gets a little more in-depth. He says, we're a royal priesthood. He didn't stop there. He said, you're a holy nation. I feel a holy ghost right now. Amen. He said, his own special peculiar people. <laughs> Amen. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. Look, verse 10 goes on a little further. It said, which in time past... We're not a people. Oh, come on now. Yeah, come on. But are now the people of God. Oh, which have obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You see, all good Christians are a holy, are a holy priesthood. 
The Apostle Paul goes on to speak to the, to the majority of Christians and tells them that they are a holy priesthood, that they are select persons, they're sacred of, to God, they're serviceable to others, well-endowed with heavenly gifts and graces, and we're well-employed today. Amen. That's because right. our boss is a God. He's the creator of the universe. Glory be to God. Come on, brother. Yes. You see, this holy priesthood must and will offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. The spiritual sacrifices which Christians are to offer are number one, our bodies a living sacrifice unto God which is acceptable and holy unto Him which is our reasonable service. Our bodies, our souls, our affections, our prayers, our praises, our alms, our Christian duties. Yes. Yes. Amen. So I say let's have a year of Thanksgiving. Yeah. You see it doesn't matter that Thanksgiving happened Thursday. Thanksgiving's over with what now? I want us to turn over a new leaf. I want us to start something new. I want us to have Thanksgiving 365. Yeah. Amen. You see, that's not a popular thing in the world we live in today. The world don't want to hear if you're thanks if you're thankful. But my God does. He wants to hear our worship. He wants to hear our praises. You see, He created us different than He created all the other creations that He created. He put in us the ability to praise Him. Yes. He put in us a want to and a desire to worship something. And he knew that we were going to worship him. Can someone say amen? But man's got in the way and man's put his two cents worth in it. Yeah, and on. now the world worships, worships anything they possibly can. But there's something about being thankful and saying, God, I praise you today for letting me get up one more day. And God, I praise you for the job that I have right now. Because I know, God, that you're already making a way for me amen. on down the road. Hallelujah. Let's have Thanksgiving every day. Let's be thankful every day. Now, as we read here in Nehemiah, there's something very important that I wanted to bring out to you. The sister, you can bring that scripture back up. It said, These Levites, Jeshua, Yeshua, Benui, Cadmiel, Sherebiah, Judah, Mataniah, these were in charge of the Thanksgiving. These were the men that were over the Thanksgiving. He and his brethren, they were the one that came in that set up the Thanksgiving. So you can see, long before the pilgrims sat down with the Indians, we've had Thanksgiving. Come on, that's just some, that's a holiday that we have in America. But long before then, here in Nehemiah, they're giving thanks. Come on now. All the way back, when they, all the way back in the garden, they was giving thanks. But these guys was in charge of the Thanksgiving. You say, well, what does that have to do with today? Well, as I got to studying, I got to looking at the names of these. It's amazing to me how God has an order for everything. Can someone say amen? amen. Every one of these names means something significant. It these names in the original Hebrew mean something significant for us today. Why did Nehemiah go into depths to call these men by name and say that they was in charge of the thanksgiving? Because he lays it out in order what we've got to do to be thankful. And, and, and there's no better name to start with than Yeshua. He starts off with the very first one in the Hebrew. This word is defined simply. The meaning is the one who saves. 
You should never start out thanksgiving without giving thanks to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because He's the one that came on this earth, glory be to God, and died for our sins. Amen. Oh, our spiritual minds in turn immediately focus when we hear about the one who saves. It focuses to Jesus Christ. I think it's fitting that he starts with this name because there's no other name under heaven whereby man should be saved. Can someone say amen? amen. That Jesus Christ is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. It starts out with Yeshua. This for nothing else. You know, I play baseball. And, 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 you know, in baseball, on the offense, you always try to cross home plate. You cross home plate, you get one point. But you can't get to home plate unless you get to first first. Listen, you can't do anything unless you get to Jesus first. You've got to have Jesus in your life. Look, you can, you, can have a, uh, you, you can have a spiritual advisor. That won't get you to heaven. You can have a horoscope. That's not going to get you to heaven. Come on now. You can Google it. You can do whatever you want to do. But no man cometh to the Father except through Jesus. Can someone say amen? He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end and everything in between. The writer of Hebrews said he's the author and the finisher of my faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's got to start with him. What better fit, what fitting, more fitting than it is to start Thanksgiving with Jesus Christ. Can we give him a hand clap of praise this morning? When we come to Jesus, this is amazing to me. He gives us a first name. He says Yeshua. The second name that he calls out for us is Benunai. This Hebrew Benunai means to make repair. Brother Greg, I don't know about you, but whenever I come to God in prayer, the first thing I do is call out to Jesus. The second thing I do is inspect myself. You remember when they come across there, whenever they nailed Jesus to the cross and they hung him up and, 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 and then he stood a thief up on both sides of him? And he said, the thief on the left said, okay, if it's true, if you truly be the son of God, bring yourself down, save yourself, save us. See, he, he was truly like the world. He wanted something for himself. Okay, prove who you are, save yourself, save us. But I like what the other thief said. He said, remember me yes. when you come into your kingdom. Hey. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Remember me. <laughs> oh, you remember when God saved you? Yes. You remember where you was? You remember what was going on in your life? You remember how Jesus took all them fragmented pieces of a life that you had destroyed by yourself and they put them back together again? He repaired you. He remembered you. Hallelujah. Yes, what did Jesus say to him? He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Yes. To make repair. You see, this can go on. It's twofold. Repair what's inside of you. Also, repair what's between you and your brother or you and your sister. So you can't come to an altar and present a sacrifice if you've got an altar with your brother. You've got to go back and make it right with them. 
And I think one thing that Christians are getting a lot wrong today is we believe today that if we disagree with someone, we can't have fellowship with them anymore. That's not true. We can disagree and still be brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. We can still have fellowship. So number one, Yeshua, but then Ben and I says that I called out to Jesus and I make repairs in my life, but watch number three. Cad me now. Well, that sounds like a cat name, though. No. <laughs> I was thinking about it. It reminded me of the Smurfs. I don't, I don't know why. But anybody remember the Smurfs? <laughs> Cadmiel. What does this name mean? This name simply means the presence of God. And it is in this context it interchanges with the Spirit of God. So not only the presence of God, but we also can use it in the Spirit of God. Of God. Now, if you're here today and you can still feel the presence of God in your life, you better be thankful. Amen. Because there's people out here today, they go through the motions, they go to church every Sunday, they're still trying to do it, and they're wondering why in the world they're not feeling the presence of God like they once felt. And can I tell you, we all go through winter seasons, and we all go through valleys, and we all go through hardships in our life. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand and tell you there's been times in my life that I've questioned and I've asked God, where are you at? Because I haven't felt you in so long. But oh, let me tell you what it's like whenever we come back into the presence of God. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. When you've been away for so long, whenever you've been to the point to where you feel like everything's dry and you're thirsty and you're hungry for God and you just can't get enough to drink and you can't read the word enough and you're saying, God, I'm praying and I'm fasting, but God, I don't know where you're at. God, why is all these things going on? But oh, one morning you get up and things sound a little different. Hallelujah. You get up and you feel just a little bit different. Amen. Kind of like Daniel praying. But Daniel didn't stop. He prayed three times a day. And on the 21st day, what happened? Angel Lord came to him and said, Daniel, we heard you praying the first day. Come on, somebody. It's like the Holy Ghost says, Jeremy, I heard you praying the first time you prayed, but I've been fighting the powers trying to get to you. Come on now. You don't know what's going on above you right now. You don't know what assignments the enemy has put out on your life right now, but I'm here to cancel every assignment that the enemy has put on you, and I speak life to you. Hallelujah. That God is able today. There's something special about being able to come into the presence of God. Yes. Genesis 3 and 8, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Genesis 4 and 16, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod. Genesis 28 and 16, Jacob awake out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. Jonah 1 and 3, But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Judges 16 and 20, Samson, and he awoke out of sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wished not that the Lord had already departed from him. 1 Samuel 16 and 4, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and the evil spirit of the Lord troubled him. These are very real things I'm telling you today. This can happen to us in the blink of an eye. We all know 2 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But if you no longer feel the presence of God, if you no longer feel in the spirit of God, then you have no liberty. If you can still feel him, then you should be thankful for that. Amen. 
Number four and number five real quickly. I'm trying to hurry. I'm not going to keep you long. You know, most time when preachers prepare a message, they take each one of these names or whatever they're preaching, and it's one point for each, for each name. But there's something special about four and five. I can't preach them individually because they go together. You see, number four is Sherebiah. Sherebiah means the fire of God. Number five is Judah, which means praise. Praise. Yeah. praise. All right? Sure, we can preach for hours on praise, can't we, preachers? Yes. We can preach, I mean, I, I can hold you here till tomorrow preaching on praise. Now, but I want to I want to preach these two together because it's very significant. The word fire is mentioned over 549 times in the Bible. And it's figurative to many things in the Bible whenever you get to looking at fire. And even though Sherebiah's name means the fire of God, it means the Lord's presence. It means the instrument of His power. Come on now. Either in a way of approval or in a way of destruction. Jehovah appeared in a burning bush to Moses, didn't he? In the midst of the fire, He showed Himself to Isaiah, Ezekiel, John, will also appear in his second coming. Can someone say amen? Yeah. Jehovah guided the Israelites through the wilderness with a pillar of fire. God is compared to fire not only because he's glorious, his brightness, but on account of his anger against sin, which consumes sinners as fire does the stubble. But to be more specific in the Hebrew, the name Sherebiah, it would refer to that that the prophet Malachi wrote about in Malachi chapter 3, verse 2. Malachi chapter 3, verse 2 said, But who may, be, may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. Come on, somebody. Verse 3, and he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall pur purify the sons of Levi and purge them with gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Here the word of God speaks of a refiner's fire. And I love it. I preached in revival. I preached one time years ago. I preached all week on a refi refiner of gold. Jesus is going to come back. <laughs> Amen. You see what's amazing about a refiner, God's fire, the fire of purging. One thing about it is, as a job of a refiner, as a metalsmith, they would reduce metal to its simplest form, which is a liquid. And the way they would get it there is by churning up the fire, getting it as hot as they possibly could. And that refiner would sit there on top with a ladle. And as he brought that silver up to a boil, and it would be melted down, all those clumps of silver that they would put in there that wasn't pure, it had dirt in it. It had, it had other pieces of metal in it that was not purified. And as they would set it on fire, and they would keep stoking that fire until it got so hot that it turned to a liquid, and all the impurities would float to the top. And he would take that ladle and he would scrape off the impurities and throw them on the ground. Yep. And he would look into the pot, 
It's not clean yet. He would pull it again, throw it on the ground. You see, that refiner would sit there, and the way he knew that that silver or gold was his purest form is when he could see the reflection of himself. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Come on. You see, the trials we go through on this life, the things, the hardships of life that we're put through, all it's doing is bringing the bad stuff out of us. All it's doing is purging us. It's like a coal that's been through the fire and it's refining the edges until there's a pure gold piece there that God looks at. Amen. Come on now. And don't you have any has ever been through a tragedy or been through a, a problem in your life and you don't know what's to come out of it. You just say, God, I need you to help me through this. Amen. But I see people every day that wants to play the part of the victim. They want to live as a victor, a victim. They don't want to be a victor. Yeah. Yep. I can tell you that I've had trials in my life and I've had things that might happen in, in ministry in my life that make you want to just quit. Yeah. But then I have to look at myself and I say, God, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, Lord. Oh. If you be for me, Lord, who can be against me? That's right. That I know, God, that greater is you that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. And I know, God, that I may go through some crying nights. But, oh, wait, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Because when we put our faith and our trust in God, hallelujah, there's nothing that this world can do for you. That's right. Can I tell you that you don't need to curse the fire? How can I curse anything that brings me to my knees? Because when I'm on my knees, I'm as tall as trees. Because oh. when I'm on my knees, I can pray to the creator of the universe. He's a creator, folks. He creates the atmosphere. When we come into God's house and we start praising, we want God to create an atmosphere of worship. Hallelujah. The same God that created this world in six days can also come in here and create an atmosphere. Glory be to God. It doesn't matter what you're faced with. We don't need to curse the fire. You need to thank the refiner. Yes, amen. God, I want to be more like you. If you're going through hardships in your life, if you're going through trials, you need to look at yourself. You need to say, God, am I like you or am I like the world? God, do I have things in my life that's keeping me from being close to you? God, do I have things, do I have thoughts, do I have actions that keeps me from being like you? You know, God's watching you all along. <laughs> you thought you were going to be consumed. You thought you were going to be tried. You thought you were going to be the end of you, but God saw you. But listen to this. Malachi chapter 3, verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. Verse 4. Then shall the offering of Judah. I told you they preached together. You can't preach them one at a time. What was the last name? Judah, wasn't it? said, then shall the offering of Judah, which is praise, and Jerusalem be pleasant unto God. First Peter 1 and 7 says, that the trial of your faith being more precious than the gold that perish, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise. 
Oh, come on now. Praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Jesus Christ. God takes you through the fire so that you can praise Him more. I don't know about you, there are just some days when I just want to praise Him. Can you raise your hand and praise Him right now? Praise Him for where He's brought you from. Praise Him for how He's helped you through the trials. Amen. Praise the Lord. Last thing, Matanai. Matanai is a gift of God. You see, after you go through, you bring it to Jesus. You allow Him to repair your life. Right? And then you get into the presence of God. You allow Him to refine you. And you, are, you, are, you, you get to the point where you can praise. And my goodness, you can be a gift of God to the world at that point. All right. Come on now. It's a gift of God. There's nothing better than coming in contact with someone that doesn't have to tell you they're a Christian. You say, Brother Jeremy, what does that mean? I love meeting people that they don't even have to tell me they're a Christian. It just radiates off of them. Because they're living a life that's thankful before God. And they're a gift of God because they took it to Jesus. Jesus has repaired them. They know that they're a broken vessel. But praise God. God puts his word into broken vessels and uses them today. And I know that there's things that happened to you in your past. But God can use those things to reach somebody that only you can reach. Amen. If there's anything you should be thankful for. It is Acts chapter 2. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. First yes. Timothy 4 and 14, he said, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy by laying all the hands of the presbytery. 2 Timothy 1 to 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Stir it up! Yes. It's in you today. Amen. The gift is there. Finally, in closing, as a man told a story about an eagle, he said this farmer, his chickens was coming up missing. He thought that this fox was getting in the hen house, but they wasn't missing. He got to checking every morning. All the hens would be accounted for. But when it got time to put them back in the coop, the hens would be missing. He didn't know what in the world was going on. So he sat out there one day and he saw this one pole standing out in the pasture. And he looked across there and he saw an eagle sitting there. He got back up in the woods out of the way. He sat there scouting on that eagle all day long. He watched that eagle come in. It swooped down, picked up one of them hens and took it off. Yep. He said, my goodness, I would never believe that eagle was doing that. So he went out and set a trap on that pole. He set a trap on that pole, and the next day an eagle come down when he sat down. That trap went around his leg, and he tried to fly, and it wouldn't let him go, wouldn't let him go. It didn't tie his leg. He got to thinking, I'm going to kill this eagle, but this is so beautiful, I'm going to tame this eagle. So he hobbled that eagle, and he cut his feathers, and he tied him to the ground. Put him on a stake where he couldn't get far like he would a game rooster on a tie cord. The shepherd come down on the mountains one day to go and see him. And he walked in and there's that beautiful eagle sitting there. And he said, you know, it's a shame that an animal that God has created to soar the highest of any animal has been reduced to nothing more than a yard hen. 
And that man got to thinking about it. A couple days later, he went out there and he cut that tie cord. Do you know that that eagle stayed there in that ground? Because he had a wall built up around him, he couldn't see out what was beyond there. And he got to thinking, he said, you know, his, his feathers have grown back and he's not hobbled anymore and he can leave if he wanted to leave. Why is he not leaving? He said, I know what I'll do. I'll set him up on top of the fence. So he set him up on top of the fence and as he set him up on top of that fence, an eagle got to look around and he saw the mountaintops. He saw the blue skies, how far they went. The man said that the eagle turned around and looked at the hens that was on the yard and turned back around and pitched off the roost and went to fly. You see, if we will allow the cares of this world to pull us down, we will be reduced to those hens in that farmyard. But can I tell you that God has created a way for us to soar with the eagles. Can someone say amen? Thank you, Lord. If we make it up in our mind that every day we're going to be thankful for something, you will see your life start changing. Say, Brother Jeremy, how in the world just be thankful? In all things, give thanks. Amen? You see, that eagle, he couldn't see no further, and the devil will do that a lot of times. He'll put blinders on you. He'll build walls around you because of hurt and things that have happened in your life. Those walls that keep you contained to just be right there where you're at. But God doesn't want you to stay there. God wants you to soar. Amen. Would you stand with me all over the house this morning? With every head bowed, every eyes closed, no one looking around. 